Welcome to part 2 of the episode Why becoming a financial minimalist can be a good thing. In part 1, we delved into the core meaning of financial minimalism with Hansi Mehrotra, who is on the advisory board of an asset management company. I also promised to share Hansi's goal allocation framework, which simplifies financial decision making to a remarkable extent. Additionally, I explored the journey of Rahul Nainwal, who fell into the enticing world of credit cards, shedding light on why we often clutter our minds and finances. And then, to dissect the instincts that drive our financial decisions, I had an in-depth conversation with Siddharth Warrior, a practicing neurologist who provided valuable insights into the root causes of impulsive behavior. If you missed these interesting discussions in part 1, I encourage you to catch up. I'll be here when you're ready. Now, in part 2, before sharing Hansi's goal allocation framework, I felt it's important to continue my conversation with Siddharth. I aim to uncover practical strategies that can help us in regulating our emotions, which can help us avoid financial recklessness. What financial recklessness brings is um, it creates an environment of unchecked desire. And that is dangerous because the world is full of things that we can potentially desire. There is no limit to how much we can desire. At some point, you do need to figure out how to control your own desire. And one of the first ways of doing that is detaching yourself from the means of acquiring things. And the way we acquire everything is through money. People often substitute the object of desire with the means of desire. So money is the means of obtaining things, but that in itself becomes the object of desire. Everybody wants money. They don't even know what to do with it, but they just want it. So I have a thought experiment uh, that I always play with myself about. Um, if if I get something that increases my self worth. I ask myself would it increase my self worth if I were stuck in an island and nobody in the world would ever know that I have this object with me would it, would I still feel better about myself if so then it means that I have a personal connection with that object and that object reflects who I am if not then I'm doing it just so that other people will tell me that I'm worthy So if I am stuck in an island very honestly I don't think I would care if I have a BMW or a Maruti or a Honda I I don't think it would matter so much to me but I know that it would matter if I'm living in Bombay hmm so what can we do to untangle ourselves from this trap one thing that uh, really helps if is if you have a very clear idea of where you are going then you might still take detours but you will know that they are detours when i think about impulsive behavior i always think of how clear is your purpose or how clear is your identity to you and how seriously do you take it so over a period of time i have started taking my identity quite seriously and if i have to add another facet of identity to myself i take that up as a not a light project i'm not going to turn into a board gamer overnight because i feel that if i take it up that's going to be a lifelong thing so having that sense of 
overarching purpose of who you want to be definitely helps you from deviating too far away. And that's where it gives you that sense of inner calm. That, okay, this is who I am and this is what I want to do. And uh, so even your experimentations have a sense of logic and reason. Think of life as a puzzle. When all the pieces fit perfectly, you get a beautiful, harmonious picture. Your core values and purpose are the puzzle pieces that, when aligned, create a life that's both confident and peaceful. You're no longer stumbling in oblivion and impulse. Once you've clearly defined your goals, making financial decisions becomes similar to solving a mathematical equation. Your task is to align your assets with your objectives. Let me take you back to my conversation with Hansi and her beautiful goal allocation framework. So what you do is you list all of your goals and then you list all of your assets and you put them roughly against each other. So you offset them or you match them. So you say, okay, so what are my goals? One goal is that need to be prepared should something bad happen. That's my first goal. For which, what do I need? I need an emergency fund and I need insurance. I need both. I need to mitigate. And then I also need to ensure that should something still go wrong, that there is a sort of backstop. So therefore, uh, in, in, in my sort of analogy, I've compared that to laying the foundation of a house. So building wealth is like building a house. And the first thing you do is you assess the lay of the land. You say, okay, what is my knowledge? What is the environment around me? Based on that, you pick a good location and you say, let me put down a foundation. So this is the emergency cash and the protection. I'm quite liking this analogy, Hansi, of laying the foundation of the house. And I'm quite interested in knowing how we build the floors of the house as we progress. The emergency cash will always be invested or should be invested in cash. Okay, something very, very liquid even if it means low returns. Safe, very, very safe. Then you have your long-term goals, okay? And then that's what you invest in a portfolio. And then you have your, um, I need to go for the long goals, long shots. So whether it's achieving a dream career, uh, whether it's starting a business, whether it's um, buying some, getting some ESOPs in a startup, something that if it pays off, gives you immense happiness. If it doesn't pay off, it doesn't affect the rest of your life. So if you divide your wealth up into these three buckets, emergency, reasonable portfolio, and long shots, you then divide your wealth or your assets also in these three buckets. So emergency cash for your foundation, maybe a house even, um, your portfolio should be well diversified, matching with the time frame that of the goals that you're trying to achieve. And then your long shots, by definition, um, are very concentrated bets. Some goals you absolutely have to have, and some goals will be nice to have. So that is, um, so you lay out your goals, time frame and importance on one side, and then you lay the assets against those and the assets are such that the probability of meeting those goals, you have to have a clear idea on. So for example, if you invest, uh, say your goal is 20 years away, you should invest in a well-diversified portfolio of equities because it has the highest probability of getting the high return that will meet your goals. If, however, your goal is only 
five years away or three years away, then equities have a not high enough probability that they will meet your goal in that three or five year time frame. There is a there's a reasonably high chance that markets could crash in that time frame. And therefore you would not put in equities if you need the money in the next three to five years. It's only when it's longer. So what I'm saying is it's very intuitive that you then match your goals with what is the best possible asset class you can invest in, the highest possible return, with the highest probability of meeting that time frame. So that's in my house framework, I've called it uh, the pillars. Okay, so that foundation is a red foundation. Uh, it's your emergency foundation. And then your roof, the fun roof, is what you do yourself. And it's yellow and it uh, signifies sort of hope. And then in the middle are two pillars, which are blue, which is very conservative. And there are two of them. One is invest in yourself always, because that is where you will earn the most amount of money. And the second pillar is your portfolio, your blue chip, well-diversified portfolio that will has the highest probability of meeting your goals. Well diversified and quality portfolio is what I'm stressing on. So that's kind of uh, the framework. That is a nice way to strategize asset allocation and I quite like the house analogy. The point that needs emphasis is that all this should be done keeping minimalism in mind. Becoming a financial minimalist might be the key to unlocking a richer, more meaningful life. It is a path to a simpler, more stress-free financial life. Remember, it's not about depriving yourself, but rather aligning your spending with your values and goals. Let me share some key tactics to simplify and declutter your financial life. Start with defining clear financial goals to guide your financial decisions. Make a clear monthly budget that tracks your income and expenses and eliminate unnecessary expenses to boost your savings. You could harness the power of budgeting and expense tracking apps to stay on top of your money game. However, a simple Excel tracker could do the trick as well. The idea is to be disciplined in tracking and mindful in spending. Create an emergency fund to weather unexpected financial storms. To minimize financial clutter and ensure effective insurance management, regularly review your policies, eliminate redundant coverage, shop around for competitive rates, and maintain a good credit score. If you have debts, then consolidating various debts could simplify your repayment strategy. Consolidate your investments into a diversified portfolio that aligns with your risk tolerance and financial goals. Remember, investing in numerous mutual fund schemes that invest in the same stocks eventually is not investment diversification. This only leads to financial clutter. Also, you should consolidate various bank accounts for a streamlined view of your finances. Fewer credit cards can make it easier to manage your spending and opting for paperless statements and bills will reduce paper clutter and simplify record keeping. Automate bill payments to avoid late fees. Similarly, set up automatic transfers to ensure you are consistently saving for the future. Embrace these strategies, take small steps, and watch as your financial life becomes a source of peace and empowerment. If you are unsure about certain financial decisions or need help in simplifying your finances, consult One Finance's qualified financial advisors for tailored solutions. As you unzip that cluttered heavy backpack, and begin to let go of its contents, you will feel a weight lifting off your shoulders. Suddenly, you can breathe again. You will realize that in this moment of minimalism, in shedding the unnecessary, 
you are opening up space for something truly extraordinary. Thank you for tuning in. If you found this valuable, then help us spread the message. And until next time, stay financially empowered. This is Temperament by One Finance, produced by Wine Studio. And I'm your host, Ashish Shabla. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.